Welcome everyone. This is the Young Adult Novels audio podcast and I will be continuing reading from the book Supernatural Academy by the author Maria Grant. Um, So I'm going to be getting into chapter 15 tonight and I just want to remind everyone if you have not listened to chapters 1 through 14 i advise you to listen to chapters 1 through 14 first just so you are not confused um there are 26 chapters in this novel all together and we are getting into chapter 15 now so we're about in the middle of the book um a lot of great stuff is going on um, the storyline is really picking up and moving, so I don't want anyone to be confused or miss out. Um, please continue to share this, to like it. It's been getting some good reviews, so I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, and if you do have, if you're, if you have a way to reach out, and I'm gonna be making Facebook soon, so that you can leave me a comment or send me a message if you want to. Um, have me read a book even if it's a book that you yourself do not own or have read yourself but you want to hear it i'm more than willing to go ahead and do that if you have a book that you want to promote or support um if your own book i will read that as well all right so i'm gonna stop taking up enough of your time let's get into the book here um again we are going with chapter 15 it's called seer versus seer It's been two weeks since Max's death, and it's now the beginning of October. The warm air is beginning to crisp a bit, but the leaves have yet to fall nor change. Right now is one in the morning, and Anders is sleeping in the middle of Kaya and Reed. He and Mattery have been hounded non-stop to get a vision of something useful in regards to who the next victim will be. It's like there's some sort of block on their dreams because neither have been able to really get a solid vision on anything. Emoji says her trackers have been having similar problems as well. Sleep, Reed mumbles with a tired voice and closed eyes. Anders takes a deep sigh and tries to sleep once more. Anders is walking barefoot in a warehouse. The buildings look to be abandoned. If the hold ceiling, broken windows, and leaves-ridden floors anything to go by. He feels a slight chill and rubs his goosebumps-covered arms. He's not wearing proper attire for this weather. He's in basketball shorts and a loose white t-shirt, no shoes. He strains his ears as he shouts, Hello! Hoping someone kind receives his desperate plea. There's silence that answers him. To the point it sends a chill up his spine. There is no sound, no cricket or chirp or creak. Silence. Eerily. So. He croaks out one more, Hello! And that's when he hears a loud thud as someone has slammed a door that does not exist. So he runs, hard and fast, heart pumping 
hard in his chest as he finds a large gap in one of the walls and jumps through it. The wind outside starts to swirl and he can't really see anymore. So much darkness. As he's running, there's a sudden force field put up that has him slamming into it and falling down on his butt hard. He stares up at the sky and sees no stars, not because there aren't there, but because they are clouded by trees and torn buildings. He looks over to his right and his left and sees a figure walking slowly towards him. His vision is getting dark as he lifts a weak hand and sees a dragon and tatted arm. He drops his hand like it's grown twice as heavy as it should be. The figure is closer and closer. Andrew stops trying to fight it, his body too heavy to move. This spell casted on him is powerful and is leaving him vulnerable. He awaits his death. Waking up, Andrew's gasp of breath. As he unintentionally wakes up, both Kaiga and Reed as well. Anders has just dreamed of the next victim, unless he's already gone. You seriously need a better method to waking up after a dream. <clears throat> Reed complains as he starts to stretch, sleep still written in his eyes. Oh, I about died. Kaya agrees as she clings onto the bed, almost having fallen off from the abrupt movement. Sorry. Anders replies absentmindedly as he pushes himself up to a sitting position. I just saw the next victim. What? Reese sits up as well. Where are they? When does it take place? What do you remember? Slow down, Reed. <laughs> Kaya says with a chuckle. Truth be told, Reed has been anxious about all of this. He's managed to locate a few shops who might have the drawer book he needs, but all of those shops are in New York, and there's no way he can manage a solo trip without the others finding out why he wants to go. If more people die, the closer it is to Kaya's turn. I remember the victim had a dragon tattoo on their left arm. Anders tries to recall. It's all jumbled up, though. Like, my mind... I can't place what was real in the dream, he says in frustration. Sometimes when he gets a powerful premonition, he has a hard time telling what is real anymore. He tries to disassociate himself as much as possible. All right, let's get Malcolm in here then, Reed suggests as he yells for Malcolm. The thing is, Malcolm having the ability to read minds can decipher everything filtering through Anders' mind and piece together what happened. Reed goes to the elder teen and drags him into the room. I'm sleepy. Malcolm states the obvious as he strolls into the room, closing the door behind him. <sighs> what am I needing? <sighs> Malcolm yawns. I had a vision, but it's all jumbled up. Anders admits. Malcolm hums and places his hand on both sides of Anders' face. Malcolm closes his eyes and filters through Anders' thoughts, disregarding the crude thoughts being thought about some girl in his gym class. Alright, let's see. A kid was in an abandoned building. Um, I guess it was abandoned. Uh, he ran in some invisible wall. Maybe made him stop in his tracks and fall. 
Malcolm stops talking for a few before continuing again. A figure came up after binding the kids still, and Anders woke up. Can you see anything else, Anders? Read questions. Surroundings? It must be somewhere with woods, because you couldn't see the stars, only trees. Anders recalls, trees could be seen, um, and it seemed to be in an abandoned area. It was silent, too, so I couldn't hear anything. Could you draw the guy? Kai inquires. Maybe we can do a Google search. I'm sure they have a social media account or something. Hmm, it's a good idea, Malcolm agrees. Like it or not, that Chase guy is really good at drawing. I heard he was part of the art club and everything. I'm sure, Kaya, if you give him a proper description, he can draw it out. Ray's lips curl on their own. Hard to hide his dislike of the guy. Okay, yeah, for sure. I'll give him a ring. Kaya states as she hops off the bed and ushers herself out of the room. Reed falls back on the bed and places a hand over his eyes. <sighs> now we wait. Malcolm leans against the door frame with his arms folded across his chest. This night is just getting started. While the others are contacting Chase for assistance, Madaray is in the process of her own vision. Madaray wakes up at three in the morning from a vision. She was in a park with gray sweatpants on and a pink sweatshirt. She took out her phone from her pocket to see the time and it read 11.28 p.m. After that, she placed it back in her sweatshirt. She crunched on a few twigs and leaves as she listened to the insects make some nightly noises. She looked up through the darkened sky and thought of how small she was in comparison to the big world. She walked at a leisurely pace until she heard faint steps coming from behind her. She quickened her pace only to hear the footsteps quicken as well. So instead of running, she decided to stop altogether and turn around. She was faced with an unknown male figure that she had not seen before. She opened her mouth to scream, but nothing came out. Her voice gone from fear. Madaray shakes her head as she recalls the dream. That girl is going to die tomorrow. Madaray has to track her down. Being as old and as experienced as she is, she knows how to draw more from her dream. So she gets out of bed and heads to her basement where she keeps her magical equipment. Meow. Toddly, her eight-year-old male Siamese cat bellows as he follows behind her every movement. She gathers her candles and makes a pentagram out of them on the concrete floor, drawing the actual shape with chalk. The lights... She lights the candles one by one and sits cross-legged in the middle of the shape as she closes her eyes and focuses her channeling. With her mindset on finding more information on the premonition, she calls upon the earth for its power and the gods for their strength. She pictures the girl in her mind and demands to know when she is going to die. She keeps repeating the phrase, show me more, over and over in her mind like it's a silent mantra. After 10 minutes of concentration, it works. The girl is looking in the mirror. She has dark brown skin with light brown braids that cascade down her back. 
She's average in frame as she's smiling at her reflection before turning to look over her shoulder. She flicks her wrist and makes up the bed. Satisfied with her work, she heads over to her nightstand and picks up a piece of paper. It's a note asking her to meet in Kingston State Park. The vision fades and Mattery opens her eyes. The candles are blown out and she stands, toddly twirling between her legs. She cleans up her materials and heads back upstairs to give Yamada a phone call. She knows where the next victim will be and it's time her daughter takes action.